Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? I am, because after all, we, we are, are the Watchers of Movies. Harry Potter theme yes. song. Just uh, for Harry Potter yes, episodes. Because we are going to give you all of them. However, we're not doing it consecutively. We're going to be doing it so that it will be one and then we'll do a different movie and then we'll do like you know harry potter and the chamber of secrets and then we'll do a different movie and then so on and so forth so because i vetoed doing them all in a row (laughs) so i just want everyone to know that um i vetoed doing them consecutively Our friend Samantha, my friend Samantha, actually, a different Samantha. Weirdly enough, we have we a have lot of friends named Samantha. Multiple Samanthas. <laughs> my friend Samantha, who I mentioned in the 28 Days Later episode, uh, requested Harry Potter. And I don't know why I still call her a friend because <laughs> she is the reason we are now doing all Harry Potter movies. And I gave her many outs, like many. To be fair, uh, Samantha did only suggest Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. But anyway, that theme song was made by Mike Myers, and I got to watch him record it all, and that was pretty awesome. So he plays all the instruments, and he made the arrangement, and it is Hedwig's theme by John Williams. He told me to say that this is less of an ode to Harry Potter and more of an ode to John Williams. So I All wanted right. to be sure to say that. Um, and we talked about how Harry Potter would probably fade into oblivion if John Williams hadn't done the score. So <laughs> thank you, Mike. Thank you so how much. Wrong it's so awesome. You are. <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, and it sounds really cool. And if anything can get me excited about talking about what eight harry potter movies eight harry potter movies <laughs> yeah. yeah and i've never seen i've only ever seen uh the first one mm-hmm. so because i made her watch it yeah but thank you samantha as well for suggesting it so it's gonna be fun i'm really excited about it because i'm a huge fan and i have like a harry potter tattoo so but some even more exciting news we got new recording equipment. Yay! Now we're like actual professionals because we actually have a thing that records instead of using stupid online Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's it's already so much nicer. It feels nicer. It yeah. sounds nicer. And we don't have to rely on internet yeah. to record. I mean, we'll have to rely on internet. Because that was a bitch but. because my internet sucks. <laughs> like, it's it goes out like, at, like last night I had to re- restart it like three times. I was like, why won't you just work every now and then, please? <laughs> but, oh well. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. So we're recording on the new recorder with the yes. new setup. I feel like I'm on the delicious dish. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. What's the delicious dish? Well, it's a sketch from Saturday Night Live oh. of an NPR program starring Anna Gasteyer and Molly Shannon. And oh. they talk about food. Didn't you ever see the sweaty balls Christmas thing with Alec Baldwin. I think so. I, no, I don't think so. Oh well, I've heard of it. Like I know, I kind of understand what you're talking about, but I don't think I've ever seen it. 
Yeah, it's a classic. I recommend looking it up. Anybody just look up Delicious Dish. It was one of my favorites in the 90s era. ninety Late 90s era SNL. I really liked the Delicious Dish. Because uh, they would always they would they would always talk like this. And it's like really easy to talk like this. I feel <laughs> like with this, I just feel like I'm like doing ASMR, you know? I'm yeah, like, I'm like that. Everything is nice. Everything is wonderful. Go to your happy place because <laughs> I can hear my well. We can hear like obviously we can hear each other speak, but now we're wearing headphones, so you can actually like hear yourself talking, and it's. It's a little weird, honestly. Like, and I keep being, I'm like afraid that if I move my. Oh, your cat, your cat jumped on the <laughs> counter. Bear, get off there. Like he owns the place. He's on the counter. I think he's planning on maybe making some lunch for us. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I hope that. Oh, maybe not. He left. <laughs> yeah, I usually enjoy litter sandwiches, but <laughs> now nah, I guess I don't get one. You know what they say, a meow in the kitchen. And a lazy bum everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at him slinking around. He's just a soft little boy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's really cool. Anyway, yes, it does feel like yeah. ASMR, like I should start tapping on things or something. <laughs> right, like the nail, like the long nails, yeah. like clicking. Although I personally, like I've watched a couple ASMR videos and I don't really like ASMR. It makes me actually like really uncomfortable. Like someone's going to start screaming randomly. Like I just keep expecting it. But also the clicking nails. I'm like, oh God, stop. Please stop that. It just drives it's me nuts. It's pretty weird. Yeah. And a lot of ASMR is just like people eating. And I don't know if you've ever seen the ones that come out of like Asia, but they're super weird. It's like young Asian women just like, piggy women eating like like giant cakes like pigs like like just sticking their face in them well, or not sticking, or? they're just like doing like the the biggest mouthfuls ever and like s- chomping on them and they're so off-putting and i think who's who's watching these and that's why it seems like a weird fetish thing because it does seem like a weird fetish thing a lot of uh asian women i've right. noticed uh, i'm not just like generalizing right, i right. have noticed that it's a lot of them and so it seems like a big industry in some corner of i mean if people make money internet. off of eating cakes you know what i mean i'm jealous like, i wish if i, I could, had a yeah. nickel for every cake i ate i'd be a billionaire but <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's not just cakes it's like noodles and stuff and i think oh like oh, the slurping geez. sound yeah of that's noodles gross like, oh. i know it really bothers me <laughs> like gives me the heebie-jeebies i think it's culturally acceptable to slurp your soup in japan and i, I it's not for I me can't. i don't no. like it like if i'm if i'm sitting with some in slurping coffee if i'm sitting by somebody who's slurping coffee or soup it really starts to grate on me and oh, i yeah. have to think to myself like it's it's Just even worse when they passive. go ah, after and you're <laughs> like, dude, you're like, if you ah one more time. <laughs> well, I mean, I wanted to tell oh, you yeah. before. So this is kind of random, but um, the guy who plays Jimmy Pesto on Bob's Burgers got fired. Oops, he got fired because he was part of the Capitol riots. Oh <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a uh, article in Vanity Fair. And he like, and there's like a picture of him where he, it looks, I mean, it looks like him. Like it's, it's clearly him, um, in this photo at the Capitol riots. (laughs) I can't, where is it? It's, 
it kind of bums me out because he, he's actually in a lot of stuff. He's in, um, he was in a couple episodes of Arrested Development where he played a cop, and he has this one line that I always thought was just really funny because he's talking about Judy Greer disappearing and he's talking to Michael, who's played by uh, Justin Bateman, and he's like, he's like, you're the last person to see Kitty alive or around town or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was always thought he was so funny. And I'm like really bummed that he kind of like, he turned out to be like, like that's a shitty thing to do, you know, to be part of the Capitol riots, yeah, you know, it's like, crappy. so Jeez. anyway, I wanted to say that because, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Bob's Burgers and you, uh, you like Bob's Burgers and I know obviously there's a bunch of people out there who are fans of Bob's Burgers because it wouldn't be on for 12 seasons if it wasn't popular, but yeah, so yeah, geez. he's not going to be part, Jimmy Pest won't be part of it anymore. I think that they should just like, the thing is, I don't think unless they completely get rid of like Jimmy Jr., they're probably not going to do anything with it. They're probably just going to like not acknowledge that he left, you know? Sure. Because yeah. it's, you know, I mean, I don't know. But Jimmy Jr. is played by uh, H. John Benjamin, so it's not like, you know, he's still the same as Bob. But anyway, so yeah, thought that was kind of interesting. Isn't that funny? I mean, it's, it's not funny, crazy. but it's... <laughs> I don't know. I, that's, I'm not... I guess I'm a little shocked that somebody famous was part of the Capitol riots. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, sad news about Betty White, Sidney Poitier, yeah. Bob Saget. Yeah. Yeah. It's Bob Saget was only like 65. I know. That's like, crazy. And Sidney Poitier was... I think him and Betty White were like the same age, or he I was like ninety five. Yeah, he was like ninety five, and then she's ninety nine. Pretty good long life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sad. I, I felt like mentioning them, although I have not seen any Sydney Poitier movies. Um, we do want to eventually do Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, right? And um, and of course, I'm like a huge uh, Golden Girls fan, so <laughs> you know. And I used to watch Full House when I was a kid too, so it's like. Did you watch Full House when oh, you were a kid? Oh, big time. Yeah. I loved Full House. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I did not watch Fuller House because I am at the age where I don't really care about that anymore. No, well, I, I assumed it would be like a terrible gimmick. And I think Mike and I, just for funsies, watched the first episode just to see how terrible it was. And it is. It's just like, it's just a stupid gimmick. It's like a fan, yeah, fan service, big essentially. Time. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so we just wanted to recognize them and, you know, say like it's... It's a tragedy. I mean, it's 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 a tragedy with Bob Saget, but obviously, you know, Sidney Poitier and, and Betty White have lived long, illustrious lives. So yeah, pretty successful. Yeah, and Sidney so. Poitier was huge as far as like civil rights movement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Wasn't yeah, he? yeah, big time. Yeah. So anyway, we want. <laughs> I don't really have much to say other than that. I just yeah. want to like, you know. But uh, do you want to talk about the movie? Let's do it. Okay. So I know this is your second time watching it, but what did you think of it the second time around? Um. <laughs> okay. Listen. But do you want me to answer? Yes, I do. <laughs> I... <clears throat> I like the world that Harry Potter created, J.K. Rowling created. Um, I think the set design and the things of that nature are pretty cool. I 
I'm not convinced it's a good movie. I think it's a nostalgic movie for people who grew up with it. So when we were watching the movie the first time, uh, we were watching it with you, I remember saying, wow, this movie is really anti-Semitic. And I can't believe that it got past all the censors because it's pretty offensive. Uh, the bank, uh, the oh the goblins. goblins being bankers is was really offensive at the time. I was like, "Wow, everyone's just cool with this." This is like I didn't even put anti-Semitism like two and two together. And I was thinking about I'm I'm gonna bring it up because we're talking about the movie, and I can't believe that people were cool with it. But like magic, there's a headline. There was a headline like two weeks ago. John Stewart slams J.K. Rowling for anti-Semitic goblins in Harry Potter series. Oh my god! So I'm not the only one who feels this way, and I cannot believe that it's. I mean, it's it's like it's like a Nazi propaganda poster. <laughs> like here are the shifty bankers with hooked noses and goblin ears who handle your money. And I cannot believe that that's a thing. And um, so I'm laughing. I just it's like I don't even know how to react. I just I don't even know. <laughs> so on. that that surprised me the first time I saw it when I watched it with you. But I, I, d- I like never even put two and two together. I just accepted it as part of the world. Like I. Well, wow. I, uh, anyway, I didn't care enough about Harry Potter to like pursue it at that time because I was like, whatever, I'm just watching this movie. But since we're talking about it anyway so yeah so that is something that sticks out to me and and so it surprises me that hollywood would just be like yeah let's make these movies with these bankers that look like goblins yikes so (laughs) yeah i don't know that's pretty weird i think um but apart from that i i just i don't know i feel like hermione and i think i said this before as well like i felt like she was doing a stage production like she's so overblown um she she calms down in the series she's because i i noticed that too like and i like just to interrupt you i i've complained a lot about emma watson obviously beating the beast i really had a huge issue but i actually really love her as hermione and like she'll she'll always have a special place in my heart as hermione um, but I totally agree with you. The first she is, it's a little rough around the edges. She's like, it's not Levio saw it's Levio saw. And you're like, okay, let's calm down Hermie. Let's just, just chill for a little bit. By the way, um, when I first started reading the books, I thought her name was pronounced Hermoyne. And it wasn't until the fourth book when one of the characters, like she corrects them and pronounces it right. That I was like, oh my God, it's been Hermione this whole time. <laughs> You actually brought up something because I watched it with Mike and you brought up something that Mike actually said. I wonder how many people didn't know how it's pronounced because they only read it. And I'm sure you were not alone. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it was oh, everybody yeah. until the like, well, and I'm, I didn't know I'm American, the, too. So it could be like an English name, you know? Or, oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I feel like it's not, though. I feel like it's maybe Greek or something. But you're probably not the only one. And probably when people... I didn't know that the books actually took time to pronounce it. But yeah. you're probably not the only one who was like, oh, Hermione. Yeah. That's what we're calling And it wasn't her. until the fourth one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And Mike and I kept talking the whole way through. And we're like, we were making jokes. We're like, oh, maybe you should find a spell to like brush your hair or something. I don't know. Yeah. She, so What's she's going supp- on with that? 
She is supposed to have wild bushy hair and actually like big front teeth, but they never like really have her have big front teeth in the books or in the, in the movie. Um, it's later corrected like magically, but it's never it's just not really part of that story. And it's also like the same thing with Harry because Harry has green eyes and they talk about it a lot in the book because he has his mother's eyes and they say like, Oh, Harry, you have your mother's eyes, which they do mention in the movie. But, um, the reason his eyes weren't green because he was wearing contacts, Daniel Radcliffe, and he had like an allergic reaction to them. Oh, yeah. So they like, and of course, like, I've read this story like a bunch of times and of course Daniel Radcliffe was like such a little trooper he's like no it's fine it's fine and they're like no dude you your eyes are like red like we have to take these out we'll just use your normal eye color because you're obviously can't wear contacts so they unfortunately had to stick with the blue eyes but I mean which is is kind of disappointing as a fan since it's mentioned so many times but it's like you're not going to force a kid to wear contacts if they're allergic to them, you know? So it's like it makes sense, you know? Right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. There are certain aspects of the movie that I feel like they're very, like, convenient and child bookish. Like, things just work out. Um, and I might be able to explain some of those things. Yeah. And that kind of is like, should that, is that the case if it's a good movie? If I can't just watch it and be like, yeah. So I don't know. I I don't know. That's to answer your question about how I felt about the movie. That's how I felt about the movie. Now I know you like it. So what I are your it. thoughts about your initial thoughts about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone? Well, I love it. <laughs> um, I feel like giddy and happy when I watch it because it's very nostalgic to me. So I was watching it, and it took me like it took me all day. On Thursday, I started watching it at like twelve, and I didn't end until like six. <laughs> Jeez, because I kept pausing it. Um, I was like doing other stuff, but um, I love this movie. But uh, however, as far as the Harry Potter movies go, I think that this is probably the worst one. It's really just an introduction into the world, rather than like like they're kind of starting to set up the lore with like. Voldemort drinking the unicorn's blood and everything and seeing him like very weak and stuff like that but Quirrell is the most un like is the most forgettable character like I literally forget that he is a character all the time I'm like oh yeah there was Quirrell in the first one oh well because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's they're just they just get better and better and my favorite Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, personally, is Lupin, which is not introduced until the third one. Um, and then I really liked, in the fourth one, is his name is Mad-Eye Moody, but there's a caveat with that, which I'm not going to tell you because it's a big spoiler. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, I mean, it, it's really like, you're really just getting an introduction to his whole world, you know? So I don't think it's as far as the rest of them go. I don't think it's as great as the rest of them because it's kind of just like you're just settling in, essentially. It's like moving into a new house and unpacking. You know what I mean? That's what the first one is. So Okay. Um, I do have a couple notes, actually. So uh, first things first, the sorting hat does not talk out loud. And I hate that they did it like that because it's... Like, 
That actually would make more sense because it would it was like insulting them almost. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and and like and in the as far as I remember, I don't think Harry is like saying out loud that he doesn't want to be in Slytherin. I think he's like thinking it. So yeah, the Sorting Hat like talking out loud like really bugged me because it's so easy to not have it do that, you know. And it's and the Sorting Hat is important to the story it comes into play later as well uh, but like I I remember watching it for the first time when I was I don't know it came out in 2001 so I was like 14 15 ish you know and I remember being like excuse me <laughs> like, I was like, that is not what is happening in this like that is not what happens and it just it's something that would be so easy to fix, but they didn't do it. And I just like, why? You know what I mean? Like it's, and it's also like, there's a couple other things like, um, there is another ghost that's named Peeves, but he's never in any of the movies, but he's like, he's not actually a big part. I wouldn't say that he's like essential to the plot, but he is part of the story. And it's like, it would just be easy to have like a couple minutes here and there where you're showing Peeves just be like the little asshole that he is because he is an asshole. Uh, but they, they never got into that either. But they introduce like, you know, um, nearly headless Nick. <laughs> nearly headless? How can you be nearly headless? Um, That's something I would never ask a, a ghost. <laughs> I know. Just- I'd be like, okay, that's an interesting nickname. <laughs> that is your nickname, and I accept it. Yes, I'd be like, you died, obviously, a certain way, probably <laughs> with your head being partially removed. So I'm just going to, okay. Mm-hmm. A blunt, blunt blade of some kind, yeah. <laughs> and they introduce, like, I mean, they don't really introduce the other ones, but there's a couple other ones, like the Bloody Baron, and then um, they have, like, the Grey Lady, or I think the or the Raven Club, what, I think it's the Grey Lady, but um, I have not read the books in a long time. But she is not introduced until, I think, not until, like, way later. Oh, okay. And actually, she's played by Mary... She's in Brave. She was in... I think she was in... Oh, my God. Train Spotting. Oh, I know who you're talking about. She's, um... Yeah, yeah, she, like, was having sex with Hugh McGregor. Yeah, she's, like, this Mm -hmm. little Irish... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so she's in it, and she plays this ghost, but that's, like, not until, like, way later. So I just don't understand, like, why not introduce that character, too. And a lot of people were like, why are, why isn't Peeves in any of the movies, you know? So it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm just to, like, I, <laughs> I have to say I'm excited for you to meet Dobby because I'm really, I don't think you're going to like him. Um, so he, um, I don't know if you ever heard the line, like, like Master has given Dobby a sock. I, I think you're forgetting that I worked at the movie theater. That's right, that's right, so that's there's right. a lot of like Harry Potter things that I'm familiar with. So I know who Dobby is. Right, right. Okay. Um, so you know stupid little piece of shit. <laughs> and uh I love Dobby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't like, know anything about I honestly know what he might. looks like. I don't know anything else about him. I was just speculating. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, you're not totally wrong. <laughs> No, so I know things about Harry Potter uh, in that, like, like overtly, like, generalized, like, things we decorate the theater with and things all the people around me who right. liked Harry Potter would talk about while I was working with them. And Do you, you just, like, get oversaturated with it? You kind of just didn't want to deal with it or something? Or Well, here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you the tale about Harry Potter okay. as it pertains to me. 
Um, I really was never into like, I was never, I guess, I was never into like wizards and magic stuff growing up, partially because we just weren't allowed to be in my family and partially because I just, it just, it just didn't interest me. Like I didn't necessarily feel like I was being left out because it wasn't necessarily something I gravitated toward anyway. And so my very first day of a real job ever was the opening day of Harry Potter, which I think was like November 16th, 2001. Mm -hmm. And that was my, I'd never had a real job before that. And I was training at the movie theater. It was at the movie theater and it was so crazy busy. And it was my first night at a real job. And I, I uh, just on a personal note, don't handle change very well. So it was a big change in my life anyway. And it was just hordes and hordes of people coming like to see Harry Potter. Yeah, and I was training and there was like this really cruel manager who was just nasty and everyone in the company agreed that this manager was very unpleasant. And I was newly 17. I turned 17 10 days before that. So I was just very uh, uneasy just with myself. I didn't know what I was doing and it was crazy busy and I thought that the Harry Potter fans were obnoxious. Um, <laughs> Little because, did you know that you become no, really good friends with them. I'm not, I'm not saying that to offend Harry Potter fans now. I just, at the time, my perception of them was like, this situation is obnoxious. This is crazy. Like, I remember, not this day, this was a couple years later at a different Harry Potter opening. I remember grown adult women waving us down in the hallways and complaining because somebody cut in line in front of them waiting for seats and i just remember thinking like this is harry potter (laughs) like you're telling us that somebody cut in line in front of you to see harry potter right and that like things like that and it's not exclusive to harry potter this is just memories that stick out to me Mm -hmm. Uh, you know people can be assholes no matter what movie they're going to see so just keep anybody who's listening. Know where you go, there's always going to be an asshole yeah, there. Yeah, like I've gotten, I've been one before. I mean, I'm I'm I've not proud of at, it. I've gotten yelled at by fans of any kind of movie. I'm just saying. I've I been just, a Karen once. <laughs> sure, everyone has. But anyway, so um, so then a month later or so in 2001, uh, my brother Justin asked me to take him to see the Fellowship of the Ring because it had just come out in December 2001. And that is basically, that was like, I. that's when my interest in fantasy and wizards and things like that was born. Okay. Because I didn't know anything about Lord of the Rings. I was taking him because I got free tickets, because I worked there. So I took him to see it, and I was like, like my eyes were opened. And so I was like, that's when I really started finding like fantasy stuff more interesting and those movies were so amazing and i just i don't really care for child actors as well in certain settings and i feel like since harry potter seems a lot like fan service to me i didn't think that they necessarily got the most talented children actors yeah Um, but daniel radcliffe is legitimately talented mm -hmm. um i haven't seen rupert grint in anything besides he's pretty good He he gets a lot better i think emma watson um probably could be good she's just uh maybe misdirected a lot because like i saw her in the perks know. of being a wallflower and i, I don't oh, know oh yeah she was good in that she was good in that but but her 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 role wasn't exactly like super emotional or anything i mean there was sure. like this scene where logan lerman's character like said that his friend killed himself and she kind of like that's really the only moment that kind of like stood out to me as being 
emotionally compelling, but it's really not like it's not like she was experiencing it. Yeah. So I don't know if she's a great actress. Um, I think Daniel Radcliffe is the real deal. And I actually feel sad for him that his beginnings had to be this iconic character because I think like this is going to sound bad, but he was in a movie and I can't remember what it's it was with. um, I can't remember what it's called, but he like had a love story with a girl and like a back and forth. And it was like a will they won't they and um, Adam Driver was in it. Oh, it was a Zoe Kazan. Yes. Yeah. yeah Kazan. And, and Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. yeah. I know. It, I know it movie. I so can't remember I what it's called him, either. I saw him in that movie and it's a love story. And he's like, it was hard for me to, I listen at that point I had seen no Harry Potter. I just saw images throughout my working days of Harry Potter and just like social media and just living in the world. You mm-hmm. see Harry Potter images. And he was so unsexualized to me by that point because of Harry Potter that it was it took me a while to get into him as a male love interest Mm -hmm. and i think that that makes me sad for him because i think he's a good actor but he has this this persona now and it's almost like a like a mickey mouse club kid like britney spears and justin timberlake sort of you know and and yeah britney spears just to like go uh, i just this is like a prime example i feel like of putting someone in a box is that she was like the poster child for virginity which i thought was really weird yeah and then they're like it came out that she had sex with justin timberlake and all of a sudden all these people were like oh my god well she's like not a poster child for virginity anymore and i'm like but she's a woman who's in a relationship with someone she cares about and she's gonna have sex with him like it's that's a natural part of being a human and i remember feeling like you can move him if you want <laughs> i don't want to disturb him Bear sleeping right where Sam's legs could go and she doesn't and he's just such a big boy that he doesn't <laughs> he's so cute King Bear okay yes no I think yeah, like, yeah nobody like, should be a poster child yeah, for virginity like, that's bizarre like the Jonas Brothers had that it was yeah no the Jonas Brothers oh man I was such a big fan of them I loved Joe I was like a the, camp rock the radio station that I interned for uh the the I, radi- I interned for a morning show and the head DJ of the morning show caused a stir during my internship because he was offering $10,000 to anyone who could prove they'd had sex with a Jonas brother. <laughs> and we were getting so much hate mail and hate phone calls from fans being like, this is ridiculous. Anyway, so Harry Potter, back to Harry Potter. Um, so I don't want to, I'm not trying to insult the fans. I'm just saying that was my first. Well, that's your first experience. Yeah. And I just, it just like nothing about the movies really interested me. And I can't really say that they interest me now that, you know what I mean? Like it just wasn't a thing. And I can remember also one more memory very clearly when I was in high school, a couple years later, I was in, well, I was in high school. So it must've been like two years later. Cause I think I was a sophomore. No, I was a junior when I started. Right. That sounds so right. it would have been the next year, my senior year of high school. We went on a field trip on a Friday to Frederick Meyer Gardens, which is a local hot spot. Um, it's really beautiful, actually. And I remember, and it was a Harry Potter opening day, and I can remember uh, just dread all day. Just dread knowing that I had to work that night, and I knew what it was going to be like. And I remember, I have a very vivid memory of getting on the school bus at, at Frederick Mayer Gardens to be taken back to the school to be picked up, you know, to go home. And I can remember thinking, like, this is it. 
the ball is rolling down the hill and it's inevitable and now i mean the way time is that was like 20 years ago right so that night didn't right. like last forever but i just remember that dread of harry potter opening nights uh and so that's but all that aside i just i find that i'm just it's just there's just something about them that's not that doesn't like reach out to me and be like you got to watch these you know so see i think that you might change your tune a little bit later on. I'm hoping, anyway. I'm really hoping. Um, While the ball is rolling down the hill, <laughs> there's only one way to find yeah. out. <laughs> it's collecting snow, and at the end, yeah. it's going to be a big-ass snowball, yeah. and it's going to be great. Hopefully, Val Kilmer pops out of it. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, so after um, we decided that we were going to do all of them, I got off the phone with you, and I was literally like, <laughs> like evil cackling. It was so good. I was like, this is the best day of my life. Because <laughs> I've been trying to get her to watch them for the better part of a decade. So this, honestly, it's it's a huge success for me. <laughs> and Mike made us that theme song, which yep. is a surprise. So. And that's really awesome. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. So um, what else? I do have a question for you, Harry mm-hmm. Potter related. Okay. And this is something that I cannot get on board with, and I don't know if any answer will appease me. Okay. Um, if, a par- if a child's parents pass away and they are put with another family, there are social workers. Now, listen, I know that we're living in a world where goblins and ghouls and three-headed dogs and dragons exist. I'm aware that I have to suspend reality, and I'm okay with that. But I do also know that social workers make home visits and they want to make sure that this is the right fit for the child. They're not putting them with abusers. And so. Oh, like the Dursleys? Why? Why did that ever happen? Because this is this is what I have a problem with. In the beginning of the movie. Um, what's her name? Maggie Smith. Mm-hmm. McGonagall. McGonagall. Old, Mag- old lady McGonagall. I'm just kidding. Professor McGonagall says, I've been She's watching awesome. them all McGonagall. day. I do. I actually really like Maggie Smith. She, she and McGonagall's like, McGonagall's tough, but she's fair and she's good. And that's you the know? thing that I liked about this movie, how they do let the kids be kids. They're mm-hmm. not just like terrible, like headmasters and mistresses at the school. They let the kids be kids. And I think that that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but she says to Dumbledore, she's like, <laughs> she says to Dumbledore, it's Dumbledore. Oh, I thought you said it was Dumbledore. <laughs> what is that from? from the Lego movie. <laughs> um, she says to Dumbledore, like, I've been watching these guys all day, and they're the worst type of muggles. And he's like, well, but they're family. And I was like, well, that seems like a really weird thing to yeah. say. Like, let's leave this child with people who will treat him like a slave and make him live in a closet. And I... and I Under the stairs. And then, <laughs> and then as if it doesn't get worse than that they they make him go home after the first year at hogwarts for summer break and i was like surely he can't be fostered by a different family because i need to know the logistics of how hogwarts works like are all the parents wizards and i know one of them said like my 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 dad's a mugger my mom's a wizard no but so like how do they know to send these kids to this ridiculous boarding school and 
couldn't there be a different magic family that could foster the student? And I have one more thing. I'm on a rant. I have to finish. Dumbledore also said, like, he'll be very famous, but we want to keep him from all of this. But that is bullshit, because the day he comes to Hogwarts, nobody can stop talking about how awesome Harry Potter's supposed to be and how they're disappointed with him, so you didn't save him from anything, and he had to live like an indentured servant. Why would you leave him with this awful family? Um... From what I remember, now, if any listeners out there, and I'm totally wrong, again, it's been a while since I've read the book, so my memory's not super great, but from what I remember, the reason, and I still don't think this is a good excuse, because I also agree with you, um, I guess the reason that they wanted to put him with the Dursleys is that Voldemort would be less likely to find him, but can't you put him with any muggle family? But, like, so, like... (sighs) Well, and I, I, I do have an issue, too, with, like, as much as I love these series, I feel like J.K. Rowling could have done a lot more with um, the trauma that Harry would have definitely felt from being abused by this awful family for so long. And I, he really de- he really doesn't have that trauma. And I was like, there would be more there. Like, he would be more fucked up than this. Like, he's... As considering like how shitty his life has been, he's a pretty well-adjusted kid, and he honestly shouldn't be. Like, and I'm no. not like like you shouldn't be. And I, it's not because like he shouldn't be because he doesn't like deserve it. I mean, he shouldn't be because it doesn't make sense. Because you're gonna get like like you like trauma is a thing that lasts in your mind. It doesn't go away. You don't like you know what I mean. It's like it's you're gonna have to deal with these these issues and these you know problems where he's gonna feel like he's not even like worthy of things you know like when he got all those presents he just accepted it i thought he would have in my mind she should have written it as like well i don't deserve this why would i deserve presents you know like he's that's how he's been treated his entire life so why would he suddenly just be like oh presents for me great you know what i mean yeah well i don't understand why he can't just stay with hagrid i mean like why can't hagrid be like an adopted father to him like why what is the point of this family? Because what you're saying is exactly what I was thinking. Because, well, Hagrid makes a lot of um, dumb, dangerous decisions. So that's he does. probably why. <laughs> I know. He does he have does, like. And he continues to do it throughout the series. He's like, uh, he's, a, he's definitely got like the loose lips, sink ships yeah, yeah. issue going on. But I just, I think that that's so stupid. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think it's a really stupid aspect of the story. And I, and I don't know why she wrote it that way. Because. I don't I don't understand why we're supposed to look up to these people at Hogwarts when they are so undiligent about the care right. of a child. And maybe I would have accepted it a little bit more if Dumbledore would have said at the beginning, we want to make sure that you know who doesn't find him. So we have to put him with this horrible family. And then maybe they could just spend the rest of their lives apologizing to Harry for their <laughs> right. just horrible display of irresponsibility for doing that because i don't care if they're family or not like that's yeah that's and you not know how it works just because someone's family does not mean that they are good for you to be around right. i have family that i don't want to be around i mean sure you know, like uh, it's so it's uh, you know i i don't know either i don't get it either because that always kind of bothered me too where i was like but why you know like what like why why put this kid through this torture of being with this awful group of people who i mean and you know dudley's such a little piece of shit like he stole the cake and was like eating it shoveling in his face with his bare hands like what a little like a little piggy like he deserved that he deserved that actually made me the most angry because 
Harry presumably got the first birthday cake he's ever gotten. Yeah. And then the little Dudley ate it. And, and then not only he that, never but got Hagrid baked it he, with well, his own hand. That's so cute. I, like, like Harry never got to eat it. Yeah. So that bothered me because I was thinking to myself, like, okay, so he gets his first birthday cake ever. Hagrid bakes it for him. Little Dudley eats it, but then it's just gone. Harry Potter doesn't. And it, I mean, I guess maybe you're supposed to think like, oh, he's on to bigger and better things. And I'm like, no, but that's a silly thing it's to do. A, yeah. Well, and, and you know, and and the 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 parents are never going to do anything with their and, kid, and like, you yeah. Know, so it, it it's you kind like you kind of see a, a bit of a actually it might have been a deleted scene, but later you kind of seen a see a little bit of redemption from Petunia, but not enough for me to be like, oh, she's totally fine now. Like, it was more like, like, I get where you're coming from, but, like, you're still kind of an asshole, you know? So, yeah, so like, jealousy jealousy between you and your sister is no reason to treat a child like they no, treat him. And, no. and I also, but I just think, like... And Dudley's going to grow up to be a monster. He's going to yeah, grow up to be, like, just a self-involved, arrogant little piece of shit that no one's going to want to spend time with. And, like, he's going to think that he deserves everything when he doesn't. And raising your kids like that is bad news yeah. because your kid's going to grow up to be intolerable. Yeah. Well, they're and, already and, intolerable. Oh, yeah. No, I mean... <laughs> I also do, though, listen, I do think Harry holds some of the blame in this one tiny instance. He gets a letter from Hogwarts and Harry has been living with this awful family for 11 years. Oh, when he years. opens it in front of them, Why that he, bothered me too. Like, just put it in the closet and I know, then open I didn't get it when you're either. by yourself. Why? I mean, I know that the, the plot has to go on and, and everything, but I just, I think that that really bothers me. And and when he was going back, I was like, they're sending him back to those people? And I think, yeah. you know, I, I think to myself, like, these are supposed to be like we're supposed to think of Dumbledore as like this wise, kind-hearted fellow wizard guy, and I'm we're not supposed to think of that. Um, y- you'll see down the line. Lauren was making faces. Yeah, I'm making a face because like, you Harry Potter fans know. <laughs> well, okay, so so he, presumably yes, you are supposed to view him as that, but people are sending their children to this like shitty boarding school filled with like people who are not wizards and witches who are not who they seem to be i guess yeah i mean yes actually yes <laughs> that's pretty spot on that, oh see, really oh yes um hogwarts it has is, is a it a front lot. operation no oh <laughs> but you'll see a lot of that where people are not supposed to who, be who they su- are supposed to be i have a second so. question in relation to this is um i would have thought that the sorting hat would have sorted out the Slytherin people and sent them packing. Why in the world do they, why does Hogwarts support and train groups of students who they know have a bend to become evil? Like, why would they provide them the tools to become evil potentially? It's, it's not so much evil as it is, um, it's like clever, I want to say manipulation because that's the right word, but. It's also shouldn't be used in a school setting. Um, I think it's because they they feel like everyone's deserving of an education. You but know, no, you're making them seem super noble, but they I, I've already seen them drop a baby off to a horrible, abusive family, mm-hmm. and I have heard the rumors spreading around Hogwarts. I heard them when Harry and all of us as viewers entered the school that mm-hmm. Slytherin is the one where the the dark. 
wizards usually come out of. Right. So I'm thinking like... Well, Voldemort came out of Slytherin. Like, I'm just thinking like, if if there's a book in my house and I have three kids and two of my kids read this book and became evil, I'd just get rid of the book. I wouldn't let my kids still read it and be like, maybe it won't be. Right. Like, why is Slytherin existing? Why does why well, does Hogwarts Slytherin create exists. the villains? Like, Hogwarts creates their villains. Well, Slytherin. So first of all, there's there's four founders of here of Hogwarts. So there's uh, Godric Gryffindor. There's uh, I think uh, Rowena Ro- Ravenclaw. I can't remember Hufflepuff's name. Are they all name. alliteration? Harry no, Hufflepuff. I don't think so. <laughs> I think they might be actually. <laughs> Wait, and Stephen Slytherin, uh, Salazar Slytherin. <laughs> that sounds more wizardy. Yeah. So there's four uh, founding, uh, founding like people uh, houses. So sure. that's why I guess. So things just because they are like things to can't much, advance or change I, at Hogwarts because that's no, how they've always no, been. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Actually, it's probably. Are you exactly disagreeing right. with me? No, too? I am okay. agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you have a legitimate point. Like, yeah. I think that it's it's always maybe like people are like, it's always been that way. But people are always like that. I mean, with real life I mean, things, sure, you, you yeah. experience like, well, it's always been that way. And I'm like, well, wait, can't we make it better? You know, like, yeah. and like, listen, we should just kick the Slytherin kids out like Draco Malfoy. I mean, what a he little, is, like the little Hitler youth. I oh, don't my know, God. Like his hairdo. <laughs> He's such a his dad is just awful <laughs> like once you meet him you're gonna be like i get why he's such a little shit because um yeah the uh the malfoy line has a lot of bad people in it a lot of and you actually see the like later i think it's in the fifth or sixth one you actually see their uh house like their tree their family tree oh. yeah so um it's like I, I think Draco comes from a long line of very um, conservative and very strict individuals who have been part of like the dark arts for a while, and you know, I mean, his like his family's super rich, like so they're like old money, you know, they're they're well off, they're old money. They probably have some incest in their family, I would imagine. Like, I wouldn't say that's out of the realm of possibility. I just they just strike me as that kind of family, you know what I mean? But um, I mean, you you'll definitely see as as time goes on that you kind of like it doesn't excuse his behavior, but it makes you a little bit more empathetic to who he is as a person. You okay. know, okay. I mean, you're probably never gonna like Draco. Al contrary, he's my favorite because he hates Harry Potter. I no, thought I'm just that kidding. your favorite was Fluffy. <laughs> Yeah, I do like fluffily, fluffy, <laughs> fluffily. I call uh, him Cerberus, but who, who knows? You know, you know, I know. I was like, three-headed dog. Did you <laughs> steal that from something? Hades, much? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, so I did have. <laughs> I did have. Let's see. Okay. So I wanted to mention because I don't know if you knew this. So Alan Rickman, while I think he's an amazing Snape was about 20 years too old for that role. Really? Uh, Snape is like... So, Harry's 11, and he was the same age as Lily. Snape is the same age as Lily, so uh, Harry's bomb. Oh, okay. And Harry and Lily, I, I believe, was like 21 when she had Harry. So, it's been 11 years, so he should be 32. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And he's like... 50. 50-something, 50 because he died when he was 69, and that was... 
like three, four years ago or whatever. Has it really been that long? Oh my God. Um, yeah. So he was like in his like late forties, early fifties. Oh, so is that bothersome for you? Cause like um, in my head, I'm like, eh, no, but. collectively as a fandom, we've kind of all agreed that just because he's just the perfect Snape that we're just going to look past it and not even like pretend like we're just gonna be like 32. Okay. Whatever. It's fine because sure. it's Alan Rickman and he's great. So, um, I don't think, I think, sure, someone else could have done that role, but it's Alan Rickman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, it's, it's like, come on, it's Hans Gruber. We're not going to treat, we're not going to, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, he, he's definitely the wrong age for that because they were pretty young when they had Harry. So, it's like, and his parents don't even look like the right age either. Like, No, the, they look like, the, the dad looked, they look older than 21. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. They look more like the age they'd be now, which maybe right. is what they were going for. But I don't know. I don't know. The uh, the mirror of Irised always broke my heart because, I mean, obviously, you know, he's sitting in front of it night after night just to see his parents and they're not there. And it's like and I think that there's I feel like the mirror of Irised comes back later, but I can't remember for what. But um it's like I think that there is a lot there's a lot of tragedy in Harry Potter like a lot of people have really tragic past like Neville's story and you're gonna find out later Neville's story is fucking heartbreaking like it will tear you apart like it is so fucking sad and and even Hermione's later too like her oh I'm getting goosebumps (laughs) getting goosebumps talking about this it's just like well you have to remember that this means a lot to me. This is like a huge part of my life. And so I feel very passionate about it. But I have actually been told before that, um, like by a friend that they're, they're like, you know, people wouldn't actually know that you're into Harry Potter until you, until they like mention it and you start talking about it because I actually never talk about it. Well, I mean, I do a little bit like with you, but you're, you're looking at me like, Sure, sure. You never talk about it. Okay. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, I guess with new people, I should say I never talk about it. But I do have a tattoo on my arm, so it's pretty evident. If like it's the Deathly Hollows symbol, so if you're a Harry Potter fan, you're gonna know. But um, yeah, I, 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 um, I have another. I have a couple of other notes too that I wanted to say. So I was thinking. Any kid that was like a lonely kid at Hogwarts could actually have a very fairly active social life if they made friends with the people in the paintings. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> like, there you go. That's I the mean, solution. Because the people in the paintings, they can move throughout other paintings. Oh wow! Yeah, so like there's um, there's like a little character later that I don't know if he's in the movies, but in the books, where like you see him like running through the paintings and. Um, it's I thought that that was kind of interesting because I kind of never like put that together before. But I was like, but that's true. Because if you're a lonely kid, all you have to do is go like, I'm going to go eat next to my favorite painting and talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that would be sad. But. I, know. <laughs> I know, especially since like you're sleeping with like a bunch of other people in the same dorm. And if you're like not making friends, that is really sad. <laughs> It's pretty bad. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Like if there's a lot of prejudice in this movie that I've noticed. Yes. Like they hate muggles. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I actually want to as- answer your question. That reminds me because you did ask me a question earlier. Oh, okay. so um, you asked like what kind of people 
are like what kind of students so there are a couple different kinds there's the kind from a full-blooded wizard family so harry potter is not full-blooded because his mom was um a muggle and then i think his dad was again haven't read the books in a long time so i, I think, thought petunia said that the mom was a like we have a witch in the family and- yes but she's from a muggle family so she's a wit. So like people can be muggles, but show like Hermione. Hermione is from a muggle family, but she showed signs of being able to do magic. So, so what the, is it like? Do they send a representative from Hogwarts to like nope, talk to the family? They just send a letter. What and the family's just like, yeah, let's send her to this weird enchanted school, and she <laughs> has to run through a brick wall to get to the train yep, station. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there's also, so there's also, so there's, yeah, there's three kinds, right? So there's the full-blooded, and then there's, like, the half-blooded, which is, like, Harry Potter. And then there's the, um, like, what Hermione is. Oh, so, wow. and there's also, like, a slang term that's called mudblood. <laughs> that's a derogatory term it's for someone who's, like, uh, like muggle-born. So... It's like supposed to be really offensive. Um, yeah, there's so much prejudice written yeah. into these. <laughs> well, movies. I mean, like, as we found out, J.K. Rowling is maybe not the best person, and we did <laughs> want to say uh, disclaimer here that while um, I personally am a fan of Harry Potter, and we'll see how Sam turns out to be. <laughs> we'll see. We will see, <laughs> Mr. Um, Burns. Uh, we do not necessarily agree with the things that J.K. Rowling has posted or published because she's had a couple she's of, really like doubling and tripling down on she's, things yeah too. she's really she's digging not, her grave yeah. like deeper than it needs to be you know like i'm like okay you know it's it's six feet you can stop now like i sometimes when i read like certain headlines i'm like wow she could have stopped and maybe like minimize this damage but yeah. she's just like nope i'm going for it so you yeah, know that's not she cool. could have suzanne collins it the one that wrote uh um the hunger games and she could have just walked away and never did anything again and she'd still be a huge success i mean a quadruple billionaire yeah. oh yeah, yeah. she's I there's mean, a sports like, league of it doesn't Quidditch matter how much players. money you give away to charity if you're still a shitty person <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? like, come on Jeez. yeah Ugh. i don't know i i uh, um yeah yeah it's so anyway um i also wanted to say that and this is something i actually noticed for the first time but there is a line which is not a throwaway line and i will explain why but in the movie is a throwaway line but it should not have been and what hagrid says is that snape is protecting the stone so in the book um there is, and I think I told this to you when we were watching it the first time. So, like, there is the the key thing that they have to go through after they get through Cerberus. <laughs> they get through Fluffy. Yeah. Um, and then there is the um the like life size chessboard. I gotta right? talk. I got lots to say about that so, scene. So. Oh man, I love that scene. Oh, <laughs> I know you're not gonna like that. <laughs> excuse me okay so um you can't you can't deter me i am determined i am i want you to be determined please i mean but so there is another section that they have to go through and it's it's a section that snape had created and they basically have to make a potion that and of course i cannot remember what it is but they didn't include it in the movie and it really makes me mad because why would you include hagrid saying oh snape's protecting the stone when like, yes, he is protecting the stone, but you don't see him protecting it. But it's like a big part of the story. And I don't know why they couldn't include that. Like, 
five minutes of like an extra scene you know it's already two and a half hours like what's five more minutes yeah <laughs> anyway what is five more minutes <laughs> So that's that. <laughs> Interesting. See, because the thing is, I thought that whole sequence of events was so arbitrary. Like, I was like, why? Why are they playing chess? Like, just go to a diff- like, just keep walking. Like, what is the point? They don't explain anything. It's there's no explanation of like, Harry, this is a maze. We're stuck here. You have to get us out. We have to play chess. It just seemed like it just basically seemed like they were like, now we have to play chess. And then there's this ridiculous over the top, over dramatic moment where Ron's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. And I was like, just jump off. Ron, no! Just, just jump off. Why do you have to? Yeah. I don't understand why he didn't do that either. Like, why do you even have to play chess to like, begin with? Are and there number two sensors on the thing? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And then he like gets like the P the chess beats gets violently sh- like uh obliterated yeah and ron just like falls three 36 inches to the ground (laughs) and he's knocked out cold and they're just like oh my gosh and then and then harry like defeats the chess set and the whole thing just seems so pointless to me and i was like so a you can only play chess once on this big set apparently i want i wanted there to be a guy like at a potter's wheel somewhere being like really I made all Again? those. Ken, yeah. are you kidding me? How do I get this life as mold? time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, you know what? My price now it's it's five times the size. It's five times the amount. That's was. right. I yeah. will be invoicing you shortly. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought the whole scene was so pointless. Why did they even have to play it? Like what? What was why? So now I'm learning. So that there, <sighs> these were all protections until yes. you get to the stone, which. Maybe I should have put together, but in my head, it just seemed like they were like, well, let's just do this. And then Ron sacrificed himself by doing nothing. And it was supposed to be this big heroic gesture. I have to talk about the arbitrary points that were given and taken away throughout the movie that made no sense. Yeah, that I don't that... understand. Uh, but the chess scene, they the might, whole sequence. Seemed... I don't think they explain the points well enough. The uh, points seem so dumb. They seem so like, uh, like, it was like nepotism at its oh, finest. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. The like, points are oh. very like skewed system for so, sure. So when I had my old car, um, I wanted to sell it. I wanted to trade it and get a new car. And so I was talking to my dad and I was like, oh, the dealership said they'd give me this much for my car. So that's pretty cool and pretty generous. And he said, Samantha, those are just numbers on a paper. They don't mean anything to the dealership. Like they're going to make money. They don't care what they give. You know, they're, what they're giving you for your car doesn't mean anything in the long run. It's just numbers. Right. And that's what I felt like the points were. I felt like the mm-hmm. points were like, like Maggie Smith McGonagall was like, I'm taking away 50 points for each of you. And I was like, Ooh, if I was Harry, I'd be like, Ooh, 50 points. Like it's so stupid. And then at the end of the movie, which was a clear display of favoritism and pretty stupid. Dumbledore went through the whole ceremony and told Slytherin they won. And then had the gall to award random extra points and none of it is checked like there's no checks and balances so all he had to do was add it up and make sure he gave enough points for Gryffindor to win because he obviously wanted Gryffindor to win right and all of that seems so ridiculous. And the kids like totally bought into it. Like the kids were like buy like the points. Well, yeah, of course they don't. And I was know like, oh my gosh, they're like brainwashed to like believe in these points, which I still don't understand. And they can be given and taken away with no repercussion because did it's not like Hufflepuff got executed because they were last. You know, right. like there's no who cares if you're last. 
I, I think it's, um, so the points, first of all, um, derive from Quidditch. So basically, whoever has the most points at the end of the year from winning Quidditch wins, like, the, I don't know, whatever it's called, like, the end of the year celebration or whatever. So if you have a really good Quidditch team, you're going to be more likely to win. Um, and But you're right. The points aren't arbitrary. <laughs> so, But none of it related to Quidditch when she was like reprimanding no, them and taking it away. But it is, it's all, it all like accumulates at the end. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it's, it is arbitrary. I'm not. <laughs> I was thinking it, it probably is more of a serious deal in the books. Maybe. You know, not that I can really remember, honestly. I, maybe, but I. <laughs> I don't think so. I oh don't boy. think so. <laughs> All right. See, I have to remind myself many times and I'm not trying do not take this as an insult because I like I've liked many things since I was a child that I've just have this nostalgic enjoyment of. And so I'm not meaning this as an insult, but it just a lot of things like that felt very like, oh yeah, I have to remember that this is a children's book. Right. You know? Right. And and when you're ten years old, like points are very important to you. Right. Like, the right. word points just implies like a prize or something. Right. Yeah. They uh, the thing that I really, really like about Harry Potter is that it grows like from you being as as a reader, as a child, it really grows with you until like you become as an adult, you know, um, because you're watching these kids grow up and you're watching them become like uh, well developed and, and you know, um, people who have experienced trauma and stuff like that, because there is a lot of trauma that they experience. So I and we, you know, I was I was telling you about how I was talking with two of my other friends who are fans of it. And they were we were all kind of like in agreement that the first one, it's. It's special because it's special to the fans. But the first one is nothing special as far as the books go, like in the movies go. It's it's an introduction. You know? Yeah. That's it. Like Like I think Diagon Alley is really cool. Yes. <laughs> but why are they all dressed in Victorian clothing? Well, I think that the wizarding world is kind of stuck as far as clothing goes in that era. They all just wear like really old fashioned clothes. I don't know why. Okay. A lot of cloaks. Yeah. So. Well, not just that, but they had like mutton chops and like women were wearing like it just it seemed like it was like a time warp as well. But the set design was really cool. And I, I liked um, the shop where he bought his wand where it said like selling wands since like 300 Olivan, bc or something like that yeah. i thought that was cool like it's old, oh have old, you old. guessed who the other wand um what the other feather belongs to or what other well i, I thought it was voldemort oh yeah it was voldemort. because okay. he said listen i thought he said like it was his brother the wand that gave you that scar <laughs> was his brother yeah okay so they did say <laughs> yeah well it took I me six hours to watch the movie so just cut me some slack <laughs> And um and so uh there was there was a couple other things um that I wanted to bring up that I oh so like groundskeeper Willie like the real grumpy guy <laughs> oh, um Filch Filch he was He's like also in Game of Thrones oh mm-hmm. How? he also plays a major creep in that oh okay. Mm-hmm. There, so there's a scene where Harry... Oh, and he's in, um, he's in this show called The Strain, and I loved him in The Strain. He was awesome. His name was uh, Satrakian, and he was a Holocaust survivor. Oh. And he was like, and he like, 
knew about the like master of the Strigoi and it was like trying to kill him and it was actually it's very <laughs> I would highly recommend that show because this is a very good show and it has and what I really like about it is that it has a beginning a middle and a set end like it doesn't trail off it has like it's it's moving towards a resolution and yeah. I really like that it's on Hulu or it was when I watched it so oh. Yeah, that is impressive. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's well, and it, it was a book series too. So I read the first oh, book. That it's, makes by sense. Gu- it's by Guillermo del Toro. He wrote the books. He wrote the book with someone. What? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, Guillermo del Toro, and I can't remember the other guy, but I read the first book, and I was very surprised as to how close the bo- the show was. Like I was like, wow, this is actually like pretty spot on. So hmm. interesting. Yeah. Anyway, but I really um, I remember watching that show and being like why does that guy look so familiar? And I like couldn't figure it out. And I like looked it up and I was like, oh my God, he's Filch. And I was so excited because I was like, I know him. <laughs> you know? So I know anyway. him. I know him. It's exciting. Anyway. Yeah. So, but also his character in that is like super fucking awesome in this strain. Like he's just, he's like, he's like 98 years old and he's still like killing that. Like, out the just he's, he's just a, a cool guy he's a real betty white he's a real yeah he's, he's a real <laughs> badass anyway so um, he's so he's like walking to the school or harry's in the restricted area with his cloak of invisibility which he never used to go in the girls locker room just seems bizarre to me but <laughs> not everyone's a pervert <laughs> actually you can't get into the girls dormitory if you try the um sl- the stairs turn into a slide and they slide back. Oh, yeah, that's in the books. No funny business. Mm-mm. So, so pretty clever way to keep the the boys and the girls separate, though, because mm-hmm. they have the common room. Sure, but yeah, listen, a lot can happen in a common room. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> a lot does happen in the common room. Not anything sexual, oh. or anything, but you know. Uh, okay. Well, not that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Harry's in the restricted section. And he's wearing his cloak of invisibility, and uh, which, by the way, it's that triangle. That's the symbol of the cloak of invisibility. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. And then the the circle's resurrection stone, and the middle's the elder wand. Isn't that fun? <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at me like that's so fun. <laughs> no, I was just teasing. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm on a journey of learning. You are. Yeah, I'm on a curiosity voyage. You are. It's it's a it's a. Damn it! I forgot. I was gonna say the thing from Cosmos. A journey. I can't remember what he said. <laughs> Never mind. That was good. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so Harry's. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Harry's with wearing his cloak of invisibility. Invisibility. <laughs> and Filch, his name is Filch. Mm-hmm. Filch finds the broken uh, lantern that Harry hastily knocked over. Which it really bugged me. I'm just going to say, like, if you know that you're doing something wrong, why are you taking off the cloak? The whole thing is silly. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. Like, someone can walk past you and you won't have it on fast enough. And you could put it on. And they might be like, oh, no one was there. I just imagined something. But it's also magic. So they're probably not going to do that. They're probably going to well, be like, I'm going to cast a spell to see if there's anyone in the area. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like you're you're at a magic school. So whatever right. magic you have can always be counteracted. But, <laughs> and that's the thing. I liked that Snape kind of suspected someone was there because Snape is obviously a wizard. Oh, yeah. So Snape's like shaking. And he's sharp, too. Snape is like, yeah, he's like shaking down uh, quirk. Quirrell? Quirrell, yeah. Quirrell, and... Think squirrel, but without the S. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And Harry's like sneaking past him, and I really thought that was cool because Snape like reached out to like see like there's somebody there with a cloak, I think, but he didn't he didn't so feel well. him, and uh, and so I thought that that was really neat. And then like Filch comes up and he's like, "Ah, one of the students must be out of their beds," and nothing ever came of that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember. I don't remember what happens. Nothing happens in the movie. I, I don't remember if anything happens in the book. So That's like, when I don't he finds think the mirror, does. and then Dumbledore is like, Dumbledore is like, <laughs> Dumbledore. It's like Harry, sounds like yep. you can't. Uh, Dumbledore. I need to speak to Dumbledore. I know sounds like Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway, they changed the actor for Dumbledore he later. Actually, because, passed away. Yeah, Richard yeah. Harris. Yeah, you were probably going to say that, and I just interrupted I, you. I, <laughs> yeah. Um. They they um cast Michael Gambon in the role, and I actually really really liked him oh. as Dumbledore but a lot of people had issues with him but I always liked him and then um, he's in one of my favorite movies called Being Julia and so I really liked him in that too so I was like I'm I'm a big fan of Michael Gambon I like him I liked him as Dumbledore um, there's like maybe a couple there's like maybe one issue that people had but I don't think it's so much what he did as much as it's the direction and that's not until the fourth one so anyway um and I'll, I will point it out but it like I, I also thought that Richard Harris did a great job because he was very like gentle and I like that he was very gentle but I think that what Michael Gambon does is kind of puts like like just a little bit more of a backbone to Dumbledore and I think that Dumbledore needed that little bit more of a backbone because I think it's fine in the beginning for him to be gentle and kind but later like a lot of shit starts happening so it's like at, at that point you need to like get going you sure. know what I mean yeah, yeah. like yeah. kick it up yeah exactly yeah um so and yeah and then he finds him looking in the mirror and i thought that was kind of an interesting thing where he said like people have wasted their lives looking into that mirror because mm-hmm. it just shows you like like your greatest dream or something it's like your greatest wish yeah and i think it's like subconsciously your greatest wish so sure, it might not be yeah. even be something that you know is your greatest wish but the mirror cuz ear said is supposed to be desire backwards so oh that's yeah. clever mm-hmm. yeah so i thought that that was weird that nothing ever like snape never like no, but it didn't show them. Like, like instead, it didn't show them ever going to the dormitory and trying to find who was out of bed. Instead, Harry was able to run back to the dormitory, get Ron, run back to the mirror, and I was like, all of this is happening well. Yeah, that is like, kind the of- groundskeeper and Snape are on the prowl looking for who's out of bed, and, and it just, I like, wouldn't have gone out again. I would have been like, never mind. Well, it was like <laughs> it was like that storyline was just forgotten to just to introduce the mirror. So I thought that that was really weird, and it didn't flow right. And um. So that was something that I thought was strange. And I wanted to talk about Quidditch a little bit because like... Wait, I actually just um, before we get into that, I wonder, Dumbledore says that when he looks in the mirror, he sees himself holding a pair of like really nice woolen socks. Um, I don't think you ever really find out what he really was looking at. And I've always been so curious about that because um, like, I I mean, he's... as you find out as the sh- as the movies go on that Dumbledore is a very very complex character with a lot of different layers to him and i don't believe that it was a pair of socks that he was holding i don't believe that at all i think he was so straight up lying about that and so but i've just always been curious and it's like and i just don't think we'll ever know you that's, know that's kind of fascinating i yeah. didn't yeah I, I didn't really think about the gravitas of that yeah it's it's i think 
See, this is, I, I know you're hesitant about this. <laughs> She's doing that thing like, mm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but I really think as the movies go on that you're going to at least find more of an appreciation for them, if not like them. Listen, I'm open. I'm, I'm, I'm glad open. that you are. <laughs> they have an opportunity, so I hope that they take it. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so I want to talk about Quidditch okay. because something that I also thought was amusing and sort of like another example of like, oh, yeah, this is a children's book. So Harry is catch a, catches a little like. Remember all. Remember all. Remember all. Remember all. Remember all. And, uh, I think anyway. <laughs> and McGonagall <laughs> sees him and you're like, oh, someone's in trouble, busted. But instead, she's like so excited because he could be the seeker on the Quidditch team. And I was like, oh, so the teacher well, is and like she's like the head teacher for Gryffindor. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I assume that she just places like gigantic bets on DraftKings every <laughs> week when school is having this you know it could be true like, yeah like, like she's got a lot of money like she's in like snape's dungeon and, and she's of, like i put something on her yeah daughter. yeah like, he's like mm, harry potter <laughs> <laughs> like i assume that all the like everyone's just like highly vested invested in this in this outcome. oh it's a huge thing it's a huge thing in the wizarding world there's like a yeah. huge i mean you don't like have there's to tell professional me. quidditch I, teams like it's like there's a world yeah. cup but yeah it's it's like uh the it's like the super bowl essentially you mean like in the books in the movies? Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. I figured. Yeah. So, um, so she's like, I got a new seeker, and then, and then, uh, oh, Oliver Wood, who I thought was so cute when I first did saw you. <laughs> I was like, I mean, obviously not now because he's like, well, he's a child, you know, yeah. yeah. But, but um, when I first saw that, I was funny. like. I was like, oh my god, who is? That? <laughs> I was like, Oliver, what? And I remember, like, all my friends were like, "Did you see Oliver Wood? He's wow, so really? cute." <laughs> yes, we wow. all thought Oliver Wood was so cute. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that makes me wish I could go back in time and see him as a kid. Because like- he was like, he just like, and I remember like the first time they introduced him, I was like, uh, um, uh, oh my god, I'm, <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> And now I've grown and I'm more like Snape. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was never into Snape. <laughs> I was really into Filch, though. No, I'm kidding. I was never into Filch, Filch. Well, you know, it's, it's nice to have a handyman around. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he has a cat. I thought you would like that. He does have a cat and his cat's a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So anyway, Oliver Wood is talking to him. and He's he, not precious like my little bear kitty. Oh, your bear kitty is sleeping. He is passed out. Am, I'm in a pretzel shape. <laughs> she's, like, she's curled up in I, order to avoid. I don't want to disturb him. You know, he has a lot of beds. I think he'd be okay. if I can't do <laughs> he's it. He's got like four beds. <laughs> I can't do it. He looks too peaceful. His little oh. paws are under his chin. Anyway. He knows what we're talking about. So <laughs> Oliver. Oh, look, his eyes opened a little bit. He's like, keep, keep going. <laughs> Tell me how cute I am. I'm very cute. <laughs> so Oliver Wood is like, oh, the first time I played Quidditch, I got knocked out and I woke up a week later and I thought, let's put let's put students in I a game like, where you oh can be God. in a coma for a week. Well, and like a major t- TBI. I mean, yeah. seriously. <laughs> yeah, like that's pretty messed up. And uh, I like how like you're like these poor balls, these sentient balls have to stay in a case for until there's another game. Like, that's really sad to me. I know. 
<laughs> I know. Uh, but it sounds like such a violent game because you have the bludgers that are going after you, like, and they break, like, they break limbs and everything. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, it's a super violent game. But the thing is, and they don't show you this, but there's a um, like a whole like hospital medical section with this woman named Madame Pomfrey, and there's all these like magic things that they can give you that like grow your like or um, not grow, but like well, repair a broken grow. bone. There is an there is a growing bone later in the series, but oh, <laughs> not like in a sexual way. That I, I realized as soon as I said that, I was like, no, not like a penis bone, not like a boner, um, boner, boner, Bob. And I felt something, and it was huge. It Let's was a boner. boner. <laughs> if we don't quote Elizabeth Town at least one will, episode, yeah. what are we doing with our lives? Honestly, yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, like there's like potions that she can give you, Madame Pomfrey, that will like heal your broken bones and stuff like that. But so that's a good excuse to put kids through it. Is what I'm thinking. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if your kid doesn't almost die at least once once a semester, are they even at Hogwarts? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, what's the point? I so I have to say, you know, like there's that question where people go. If you could live in like one fantasy world or whatever, where would you live? And I never have said Harry Potter. Really? Well, first of all, Hogwarts is super fucking dangerous. Yeah. And it does not like, sure, I'd love to have magic powers, but to be in fear of my life because of this scary ass like villain that's running around like this Hitlerian villain that has all these, you know, like Nazi-ish death, death eaters are what they called. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those are his like, his like crew. His crew, so to speak. His, uh, um, his mass. His entourage. Of, yeah. And uh, they're all very powerful and very, um, like, not just, like, powerful with magic. They're powerful, like, as if they have, like, a lot of connections. So, um, I've never wanted to live in that world. And I still feel the same way. I'm like, I don't want to live in a Harry Potter world. Are you kidding me? It's dangerous as fuck there. It's like, <laughs> it's like being like, I want to be in the Hunger Games. Like, why would you choose the Hunger no, Games? Nobody would choose the Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I just really want to be killed by some yeah. like random tall blonde kid. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> some blonde kid that's been training since he was five to survive sure. the Hunger Games. Yeah. Ugh. Some, I mean, in a weird society I don't go where again. people are <laughs> cool watching that th- sort of thing. Yeah. They're like, they're like our children dying. That's so much fun. I love it. Yeah, it's only look, look. It's a couple kids per it's year. Just it's just a little no bit of deal. death. It's like the whatever. flu. The flu kills more. Okay. The yeah, flu honestly, kills more. I know. It's like <laughs> why get vaccinated? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, right. that's what it is. Yeah. So anyway, so um, <laughs> so yeah, the Quidditch thing is kind of bonkers. Like I assume she has a lot of bad debts, and that's why she's like, and she bought him like. The Nimbus. So they buy him the Nimbus 2000. Right. Right. Which is kind of wacky to me that they would, she would buy him a new, like, broomstick and everything and they would do all this, but then they'd still send him home to his abusive family. I don't, I don't get it either. And it's like at that point, he's already made connection with the magic world. So if your whole, like, goal is to keep him away from the magic world, well, you've already failed at that because he's already part of it. And now everyone is aware of where he is, you know, like a lot of people. That's, that's true. Like, nobody, so, yeah, so nobody why, could shut up about their, like, expectations for Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> right. So, like, either just send him with another muggle family 
or get a nice wizarding family to take care of him. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, he was cool staying at Hogwarts over Christmas. Why can't he just stay at Hogwarts all? And he had no supervision at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. So why can't he just stay there all summer? I mean, I think there were teachers there, but it's you know, it's still like. <sighs> Yeah, well, I think that the clo- the 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 school closes down during the summertime. I think the only person that's on the grounds is Hagrid. Yeah. So, well, cause, I don't know. And then he's going in the dark forest. Yeah. All the time. The dark forest. The forbidden forest. The forbidden forest that I, I wanted to mention. So they get they have to go on like detention or whatever. Mm-hmm. Going into the forest that they were told was off limits. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't like it's it's supposed to be seriously dangerous. Oh, and also it really like Hagrid calls the centaur. Um, he calls him Ferenz, but his name is like it's spelled. Um, it's F-I-R-E-N-Z-E, which in Italian is Italian for Florence. Cause and but it's pronounced Firenze. So my whole life I've been pronouncing it Firenze. Because it's the fucking Italian word. <laughs> and he, he calls them friends. And I was like, you shut the fuck up, Hagrid. And you said that's that right. <laughs> it like, drove me nuts. But um, I'm going to call him Forenze because I am. And that's what his name is. And that's how you pronounce that's- it. <laughs> And that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, he does come back later in the series. Too. Oh, you mean the CGI centaur? <laughs> yes. Bad, 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 Really bad. terrible. Yeah. Well, you have to remember it is 2001. So I the CGI remember. is going to be. It's not good. Not great. Um, I also Chris think. Columbus. So. I thought it was pretty weird that Hagrid said like, okay, Ron and Hermione, you're coming with me. Yeah, that makes sense. But Draco and Harry, you're going off on your own. Yeah, I don't. And I thought. Oh wow, that seems really weird and irresponsible, and I'm not sure why that's happening. But okay, well, and especially since you know what a bully Draco is, like I, you know, like I wouldn't want him to be alone with Harry, but also I wouldn't want him to be alone in In the the Forbidden Forbidden Forest. I actually thought if I was a kid, the scene where they stumble upon uh, Voldemort eating like drinking the blood of the unicorn and Voldemort sort of like floats upward. I thought that was kind of spooky. And mm-hmm. if I was a kid, that probably would have freaked me out. Oh yeah. 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 It's, um, it's definitely, it's interesting. Cause it's kind of, that's like really the first time that you get introduced to Voldemort. So you're immediately like, Oh shit, this guy's yeah. like, you know, Forenze says like someone has to be really seriously messed up to drink the blood of like a creature that is so pure, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I was like, man, put that on a tap. I want to, I want to see what it tastes like. Mike <laughs> said it looked like blood. Mike said it looked like silver, like model paint that you put, <laughs> like paint, like model cars and trains and stuff with. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, but I drink a cup of that. <laughs> Except then you'd be cursed. You'd live a cursed life. Half life. Half life. Half life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the good news is that all the fe- all the spookiness that they established with that scene was done away with when Quirrell took his turban off and he had like this Siamese twin situation with Voldemort's face. I think I've I talked know. about this before, but there's an SNL sketch with Jason Sudeikis where he has like a face on the side of his face. It's like a twin brother that didn't separate from the like womb. a Quado type situation. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so um, that that was really weird, and I'm sure like 
That's another thing where if you're a kid and you're reading Harry Potter, your imagination is going to be better than anything that CGI could ever create. So they were kind of like, what do we do about this? I kind of, I don't know what they could have done except for, except for they could have done like the, like a more of a prosthetic. Yeah. And enhanced it with CGI instead of just doing full on CGI. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I, I thought that there was, um, or I, I, I swear that I think I saw something where someone said that they were originally going to do his face in a different way. Like, I think that they were going to do prosthetics, but then they decided to go um, and make it CGI. And I was like, it's like the art of puppetry and prosthetics is dying. And it's such a great art, you know? And it's like, it's just, it's been 21 years now. And it looks like garbage and it looked like garbage pretty much right after it came out too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I don't really understand either the need for like, it, it's so frustrating because it, at the end of the day, you can't fake a human face in CGI. It's just, it's the uncanny Valley. Like it, we just, we humans, we know better, you know, even, I mean, those deep fakes are coming real close though. Like, those are like when I first saw that Tom Cruise on a TikTok, I was like, I was like, that's not Tom Cruise. Like, I was really like, I'm like, I like, and the only reason I think I really figured out that it wasn't him was because he looked too young, and I was like, mm, no, this isn't a real Tom Cruise. But also, you could, it's just, which is kind of scary, really, in my opinion, because like what is that going to be like in the future? You know, like who is going to use that to destroy someone else's life? You know what I mean? Sure. It's yeah. like, but anyway, um, I agree with you that it, 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 it could have been done better that part. And the whole, you know, Quirrell is like the least scary villain in the entire series. Again, he's very immemorable. Um, and I don't think he's really even ever mentioned again. Like, he's just kind of forgettable. Like, he's just like, like oh, yeah, our first season. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the first uh, time I went to Hogwarts. Like, what was his name again? Do you think, like... Squirrel? <laughs> like, first day of school, Hogwarts, this year, new class involves Harry Potter. Like, all the teachers are sitting around in the teacher's lounge, and they're like, what's up with Quirrell? Why is he wearing a turban all of a sudden? Like, nobody thinks that's weird. Well, like... He's a white guy wearing a turban. And then I, I also comedically What's think about how cap? like Voldemort had to sit through all his like lectures. Yeah. He's like, boring, boring. I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, he seems like he should be shouting from the back like, would you do something? I'm terribly bored. Yeah. Yeah. And I also I also am amused that Hogwarts is gonna churn out like dumb kids who don't know like geography, math, science, and English. They <laughs> only know. know like how to make potions and stuff. Because there's no like, oh, she also teaches English. It's like no, yeah. we no, all we just really teach not. magic. And I'm like, oh, okay, so they're not like you're just English. right. Apparently, elementary school taught them everything they needed uh, to apparently, know. Apparently, yeah, you like know they're I mean? like Amish kids. Once I guess. you learn plus and minuses, do you really need to learn your multiplication tables? Yeah, I don't you don't have so. to read great literature. Yeah, or do I mean, science experiments like or throw who? Yeah, <laughs> throw them out the window. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, I think that that's kind of weird. But I yeah, always thought that was weird too. I also found the like the whole solution to the thing to be sort of lazy convenient where harry didn't actually have to do anything he 
got lucky that his parents uh, loved him and sacrificed themselves, and so that was able to defeat Quirrell. Uh, Voldemort. It was Voldemort that attacked him. But Quirrell turned into, like, stone or whatever, or dust. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, you're talking about the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so... And then Dumbledore was like, oh, because your parents loved you. And I was like, well, that's lucky. What if his parents didn't like him, you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. And I mean, they get into... Well, they actually don't get into that later. They don't... They don't... I And I told you about that, um, the the reason why Voldemort can be defeated by love is because he was a product of rape oh yeah Yeah. okay oh so that's why quirrell turned to dust was because voldemort was inhabiting his body yeah pretty much yeah okay that makes sense well it doesn't i mean makes sense (laughs) sure i mean it's but it's like (laughs) suspender disbelief so his parent like so harry went through all that trouble and basically he could have killed quirrell from the get-go by just touching him when Voldemort was inhabiting the body because because Harry's mother loved Harry. Right, right. So that seems like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> As I've said, the first one's just the introduction, yeah. so you gotta, like, you gotta remember, like, they do get a lot better. Like, the third one's one of my favorites, and that's when they first introduced Lupin, who's my absolute favorite. He's my heart and soul. I love him so fucking much. Um, also, it is when Scabbers comes into play. Oh. Mm-hmm. Who's this? Scabbers is uh, Ron's pet rat. Is it weird that the school has uh, pet owls and pet rats just like commingling? I don't think that seems. They safe. have like fraud. Well, they have toads, toads, and then they have. Yeah. Um, later, Hermione gets a cat um, named Crookshanks, oh. and big old fluffy orange thing, and with a little squish face, pretty cute. <laughs> um, and yeah, they. I don't know. They have all sorts of weird animals. They all just commingle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they have an owlry, so they have which they didn't introduce in the first one, but it's basically like a big old room and like a, the top of a tower where all the owls live. Oh, so okay. like when if if Harry wanted to let Hedwig out of his her cage, she could fly around, she'd go to the owlry, hang out, eat whatever. Sure, yeah, and hang out with the owls. So <laughs> the galleria, <laughs> the owl owlria. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so just keep that in mind. Scabbers comes into play, and he's maybe not what you think he is. Oh, interesting. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> I was... Spoiler, because I'm not telling you <laughs> that means until you see. I was excited to learn that one of the Weasleys was at Dragon School. <laughs> I wonder if they're there with Alan Quartermain's son. Um, Charlie? Yeah, Charlie, um, let's see, Charlie, and then there's, shit, what's the oldest wow, one? Wow, that Bill. is, I can't believe they named their kitchen. Bill, <laughs> yeah, Bill's the oldest one. Charlie, Percy, Fred and George, um, Ron, and then Ginny is the youngest. Yes. Yeah. So. I do know that Ginny ends up banging Harry Potter. <laughs> So. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about that as far as the movies, actually just in general. Um, and I'll get into those later because I don't want to get into those now. But I have a lot of thoughts about Ginny and Harry's relationship and none of them are good. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I think if I had to pick uh, from this movie, I was being facetious on your post when you said, who's your favorite Harry Potter I know. character? I said fluffy. I know you were. I know you were. Funny. I thought it was funny. Uh-huh. I laughed. No, I thought it was funny. I mean, not, I'm not thinking myself is funny, but I thought... No, I mean, was, it was it was amazing. Right? <gasps> okay, anyway, so... I think I'm funny, but I don't want you to think I'm funny. <laughs> I think I liked Ron the best. Okay. Because I liked 
how he called Hermione mental. Uh, she's mental and i i also liked when the chocolate frog jumped out the window and he's like oh that's rough i only get about one good jump in them (laughs) um so maybe ron it was probably my favorite in this movie ron is um he's a lot better in the books than he is in the movies oh well i was just saying i liked him no i just i'm saying he is a great character but they did not portray him as uh, as okay. well as they could have in the movies so yeah not not so much in the first one but in the later ones but um ron's a great character yeah, yeah i like i liked ron um i do sort of bristle and i dislike any sort of concept of gross candy and i'm not sure why that's popular for yes. people why is that a thing? You know, Why is it written to the book? Like, what? what is the point of this? Like, are these kids... These kids all seem slightly crazy for buying these... Honestly, gu- uh, I've tried. Jelly beans I've tried them. The Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans. And I think I got snot once or vomit. It was like mucus or vomit. And I was I like... I not even put myself... Never. I don't even think I finished the box. I was like, you know what? I'm good and I'm never buying these again. I, I don't... My... My niece had a game that was like, it was put out by Jelly Belly and it was like each, there was two things of each color of jelly bean and one of them was a good flavor and one of them was a bad flavor, but you didn't know which one it was and you both ate the bean at the same time. And this had to be riding the wave of the Harry Potter thing. Oh yeah. And I said, I'll play one round with you and I, and we got black and it was skunk flavored and i almost <laughs> i i was almost sick to my stomach i just spit it out and i had it was so gross Ew. and i i was just trying to like i didn't think i didn't think it through but i don't know why anybody would like parents are taking their kids to universal studios and spending real hard-earned money like these parents have to work like an hour of their lives to spend money on this disgusting candy and it really it really is a weird thing to me that any kid would want to try them i think it's like it's like playing in the mud when you're a kid playing in the mud's really fun and picking up earthworms is really fun as an adult no that's like it's like you don't really want to play it's like eating the mud and the earthworms (laughs) okay so i guess there you go when you're a kid eating the mud is no i don't eat the mud (laughs) When I was a kid, gross things were not fun to me. Like, eating gross things wasn't fun to me. No, me neither. I I don't... I mean, I maybe tried Play-Doh, but, like, I was a kid. But that's not so. even gross. It's, like, flour and water. Yeah, and, yeah it's like... Yeah. I mean, I've tried Mars Pan. It's, like, almost the same like thing. Like, if somebody said... <laughs> If somebody said, like, here's Play-Doh, it it's, tastes like vomit, I probably wouldn't eat it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get the fascination with, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's gross too. It's, it's but it's, it's a really thing. It's really strange. And then Dumbledore's like, uh, I had a vomit one and I don't like them, but I'm going to eat another one. And then he was okay. like, oh, mucus or whatever he it's said. So earwax. Earwax. It's gross. Oh, earwax. Uh, you know, the weird thing is he knew what earwax tasted like. So. Yeah. Well. So yeah, I I think that's kind of a weird concept, and I I you don't know, think I would I have liked too. it even as a child. I wouldn't. I would have been like, well, it doesn't make sense. No, I don't. It's it's very strange. I, there's a lot of things that are just bizarre in Harry Potter world. You know, the magical yeah magical world of Harry Potter. But so one other thing that I wanted to bring up was the troll. Mm-hmm. Does that happen a lot where trolls can just like get in? No. Um. 
I don't know if they tell you in the movie, but Quirrell lets him in. Oh, yeah, they do tell. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you I, think, I'm pretty sure they did, but yeah, Quirrell lets him yeah, in. Yeah, they they did say that. And because mm-hmm. I thought, like... No, it doesn't happen right Okay. <laughs> to answer your question. Because I was thinking, that's another thing that bothered me, where, so Hermione was crying in the bathroom all day because they insulted her, and so Harry and Ron are like, we gotta go tell Hermione. And then when they like take care of the troll and McGonagall's like what were you doing instead of just saying we knew Hermione was in the bathroom and we wanted to rescue her they like made this elaborate lie of like Hermione's like it was my fault I wanted to see if I could kill it and I thought why don't you just say that you were in the bathroom? You don't even have to say you were crying. Yeah. They just say I was in the bathroom, and, and they came and they rescued came me. to make sure that I could get back to the dormitory safely. Right, right. Why I is that better than? I a, think it, you're a little kid, and that's kind of maybe yeah. The first, that's what happens I mean, when you're a kid. You you want to like you try to like I don't look, know what she was trying to do, but I think that was probably the first thing she thought of. Yeah, and she just went with it, you know. Because I, I mean yeah. it. For Hermione, it, it kind of makes sense. Like, that's kind of just her character, you know, that she would go do that, um, even if it's stupid and reckless. Well, no, that's not true at all. As soon as I said it, I was like, <laughs> she's not stupid or reckless. She's She pretty much thinks through everything. She's very calculating yeah. and not calculating, but... Um, she knows her stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, she's this really intelligent kid, you know, so she's, she's obviously very smart, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things, All you right. know. Yeah, well, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I thought he. <laughs> I hate that he like, and it bothers me every time when he wipes the troll book. Oh yeah, I was like just wash them off, please. Do yeah. they? Is that a? Is that like a British phrase, bogeys, or is that a I Harry think, Potter phrase? I think it's a British thing. Oh, okay. Bogeys. Oh, troll bogeys. I'm, I don't, like, the troll should be dead because it fell onto the the wand, which was sticking out of its right. nose. I mean, yes. it did die, right? I thought that he or just knocked was it just out. knocked out. Whatever, either Harry's way. Harry's a cold-blooded killer. Cold-blooded killer. No, it's, it's Ron. But Harry's the one who stuck it up. It's oh, that's true. That's true. I, don't, I guess both of them together. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, won't be the first time. Anyway, <laughs> maybe not with trolls. Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. remember. <laughs> so, Lauren, would you recommend uh, the movie? Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I love this movie. Um, I love the series. While I was watching it, I was getting like goody feeling and like happy. Um, I obviously have loved the series since I was like 14, so it's been a good 20 years. So, and I, as much as J.K. Rowling has, you know, like the thing she said, I have to look at Harry Potter as a separate entity because it just means too much to me to let it go. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it, so yeah, I, what about you? No, I don't think I would. Um, I I know that this is like a long series of movies, but just going from the first one, I feel like if you haven't seen it by now, you're not really missing anything. Um, it didn't really... I, I am stuck because I don't 
think it's a good movie. I think that it's being carried along by nostalgia and Mm -hmm. emotions. And there's probably a lot of movies like that. I'm not saying there's not. I'm not saying I have ones in my own life who that I'm carrying along by nostalgia and emotions that are oh, yeah. actually good movies. Mine's the Lizzie McGuire movie. From from just my standpoint of like watching this movie, I think like eh, I don't know if I'd say you need to watch Harry Potter at this point. I don't think I'd recommend it for that reason. But I do think like I can see why people who like, I can see why people have grown up with it or, like, really attached to it. You know, I, I understand that that I can see how that could happen. Right. It's just if you're like me and you've just never watched it, I can't at this point say, like, you should give it a shot. That's kind of where I'm at. No, I, I get it. I, I think it's it's like, you know, something it's like I loved this movie called or. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say I loved it. I I liked this movie called Little Nemo when I was a kid. Uh, Not Finding Nemo, Little Nemo. (laughs) Totally different. And I remember it freaking me out because there was like this whole thing about this like shadow creature that was taking over this land. And I rewatched it like probably within the last 10 years. And I was like, this is so stupid, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And but as a kid, you know, I mean, you have a different perspective on things and things that are, you know, that you can justify or you can explain away as an adult. You can't explain away or justify as a kid. And so, like, it's I, I get what you mean in that you like you weren't part of it growing up, and so you're coming to it way later when everyone else has already been on board for a long time, and now you're kind of like, am I on board with this? So. I, I can understand why you're feeling that way. Yeah. And I just, I think like fantasy is done better, better in different movies I've seen. I don't think the children are very good. Um, I felt like a lot of the movie was just like Harry being amazed at things. Like, and, and I think yes. about the fact that it's like, Harry, see this green sheet over here? Act like it's something really cool. We're right. going to put something really cool. But right now it's just a green sheet, you know? And so I, there is a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's just, I, yeah, I'm cautious. I'm, I'm still open. I'm going to be watching all of them. Mm-hmm. But um, this first one, I can't say is like, yeah, I mean, I guess standalone as yeah. itself. I can't be like, yeah, you guys get on the Harry Potter train if you have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it's missing some stuff from the book, too. So it's, but they all are. I mean, it, it, they all are. And, and that's to be expected. Yeah. You can't, I mean, the uh, the fourth book alone is like 700, 800 Jeez. pages. So oh it's gosh. huge. I mean, you can, I have them all over there and you can see how big they are. Um, they're on that shelf right there, the second. Oh, they are really big. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. I know. Jeez. Yeah, they're huge. So um, it, it's, obviously you can't include everything, but there are some things here or there where it's like, then don't have Hagrid say that Snape is protecting the stone if you're not going to include that part of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. then that's just a throwaway line and there's no reason for it to be there because he's not protecting the stone in the movie. But you know what I mean? And like, right. there's there's a line later that like, um, as I was talking about the mud blood thing where, and it's it's in the like, it's not like a spoiler, but, but um, Draco says, calls, Hermione a mudblood 
And she should have no reason to know what that means because she's muggle born, but she is explaining what it means later. And you're like, that's not what happens. She oh. does not explain it. Ron says what it is. And it's just it's just little stuff like that. Like, why did you change that though? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And um that's and that's also a Chris Columbus movie, and that's I, why I have an issue with him. <laughs> I do find the amount of like weird prejudices in the movie kind of uncomforting, discomforting. I'm I'm a little bit put off by the bankers being goblins and even if like I'll give everybody the benefit of the doubt and just be like, oh, it's a fantasy land. And I'm like, no, because like, all it takes is one person to say like, guys, this might be offensive. Um, Yeah. So, you know, so stuff like that, like, is a little bit weird to me. Um, And just the amount of like name calling in terms of like using derogatory names where like, the mom, like the Mrs. Weasley was like, ah, the train station's full of muggles, just like always. And I was like, what if you replaced muggles with a different term? Right. Like, just in your head, replace it with any term and then say, oh, the train station is full of blank. Right. And how weird that would be to, like, like, what did you expect you're going to a train station in London? <laughs> I have um, I have kind of an example of that in my own real life. So um, I, was in, I was in Ypsilanti and I was with, it was right after my uncle, well, my uncle was really sick and he was like dying. And um, I was with my cousin Beth who lives in Manhattan and she's, and Manhattan's a very diverse place. <laughs> so we go to this restaurant and she looks at me and she whispers, Lauren, there's all white people here. <laughs> and I was like, welcome to Ypsilanti, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's it's one of those things where, like I look around and I'm like, shit, that's so fucking true. And I'm just like, Ugh. you know, and it's almost embarrassing to be going to a place where you're with someone who's so used to so much diversity and it's just like this homogenous group of people. You know what I mean? And but you're right about the like, what are you expecting? And a London like this is muggle territory. This is where muggles live. They live in London. I mean, yeah, sure, magic people live there too, but um it's just it was very strange. Like they were very um open about that sort of uh, Yeah. Like they're very being muggle born is like a like to some people like draco is like a big no-no sure yeah like he would likely never marry a woman that was muggle born he would marry someone that was full-blooded you know yeah so like stuff like that is is interesting to include in a children's book to such a in a children's movie to such a degree like i guess you can always be like oh i'm trying to make a statement and teach like teach about prejudice in the real world but I, I felt like it was like really heavy-handed in the just in the entertainment and not in the tea like i didn't feel like i was learning not right. to be prejudiced i just felt like oh these people hate muggles right like that right. and they're like disdainful of muggles i'm not learning like oh we all have a place in this world i'm learning that there is a definite distinction in quality of the type of people that are yeah. in this world and i think that that was uh surprising i i was surprised to see it Right, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's yeah. (laughs) Welcome to JK Rowling's world, I guess. (laughs) Anyway, so you guys can follow us on Instagram at Watchers Movies or uh Facebook at Watchers and Movies. We also have another Instagram called the Watchers Who Find Things. And if you like our stuff, you can do one of two things. Actually you can do kind of three things. You can either DM us 
preferably on Instagram because I'm terrible about checking Facebook. I'm really sorry. Or you can email us at watchersandmovies at gmail.com. Or if you like our stuff, you can go to iTunes, give us five stars, write the name of the movie that you want us to, um, that you recommend to us to review. Um, and Or you can, you know, DM us or you can send us an email. If you do it through iTunes and you give us five stars, we will put your stuff to the top of the list. We do have a list of things that we're doing right now. So we are going to stick to those until the end of Harry Potter. Um, so it won't be for a couple months. But, you know, um, or you could send us an email and we'll put your stuff in the pile. It won't be right away, but it will, it will be pretty soon. We're, we're pretty good about it. So, um, and thank you so much to Mike for our theme music, our brand new Harry Potter theme music. Yes. Thank you. His name is Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike show 42. Thank you, Mike. And I got to see him record it all. It's pretty amazing playing all the instruments. Um, also, I also have a Twitter if anyone wants to check it out. Uh, it is Stelsam, S-T-E-L-L-S-A-M-M, because somebody took the single L, oh, single M name, oh, damn. so I stuck with it. Um, anyway, uh, I don't have many followers, so don't let that dissuade you, but every once in a while I will post about things. But she's funny, so, you know. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. Oh, and thank you to Samantha for yes, suggesting this movie. And she's all been, of them. <laughs> Samantha gave us our first five-star review on iTunes, and she's Yay. been a very um, loyal, listener. loyal listener. So thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. And uh, and seriously, though, thank you, because I've been trying to get her to watch these for years, Samantha. So, like, you're freaking awesome, in my opinion. <laughs> mm, it sounds like Lauren's awarding you arbitrary Hogwarts points. I am. <laughs> What, what house are you? 10 points to whatever house you are. 50 points. Take them all. Why would, why would anyone want to be anything but Hufflepuff? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Whenever That's your I do, thought. Whenever I do um, any, twi- uh, any like, we should actually do a quiz for you for the next one to see what house you're in. Oh. Yeah. Should we? Let's just wait and we'll announce what houses we're in until the next one. Okay. Let's that do sounds it. good. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Because I know what house I'm in because I've done many, I many figure, quizzes. I figured. Yes. Um. Anyway, so that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.